This is the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Wells, MD. Listen in each week, and I'll share from science and scriptures that encourage you in how to cultivate healthy habits so you can lose extra weight and gain more health while cultivating joy. Be sure you are following the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, let's dive into this week's topic. And welcome back. I hope that y'all have had a great week. Um, We are facing down November. We are at the beginning of a new month. This is great. Um, It's a beautiful time of year. It's a great time to be outside. And today I'm going to talk about how to consider ways that you can lower your cortisol levels. Cortisol is a stress hormone, and I'm going to review some of the data about um, different things people have done to kind of reduce their overall cortisol levels. Remember, if you didn't listen to it yet, I have an episode two episodes ago, um, the part one of my two-part cortisol um, series, in which I talk about why having like higher levels regularly of cortisol can be not beneficial for your metabolism, for your physiology, and can cause um, and lead to longer term problems. So I suggest if you haven't already go back and listen to that first and then come back here because today's episode, we're just going to talk about some practical ways that you can lower your stress hormones. This information is for educational and informational purposes only and solely as a self-help tool for your own use. I'm not providing medical, psychological, or nutrition therapy advice. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat any health problems or illnesses without consulting your own medical practitioner. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific health situation. For my full disclaimer, please go to www.joyfulweightloss.com forward slash disclaimer. Obviously, stress is part of life. You are going to encounter stress as you move through your day, as you move through your week, as you move through your year all the time. Sometimes it will be bigger and more powerful than others. Sometimes you may or may not feel it as much. Um, Sometimes your body feels it when your mind doesn't really seem to register it. So what can we do about all these unavoidable sources of stress? Well, obviously, there are ways to take a step back and look at your life and think, what can I do to change my circumstances to perhaps reduce major stressors or accommodate them. And that's important to do. Uh, But more than that, you want to know how you can mentally become resilient and have an outlook on life that's less likely to result in you feeling high levels of stress, which result in your stress hormones being so high all the time and causing you sickness and physiologic um, distress, like the ways I mentioned in the past episode. So, you know, there are a lot of ways to approach that, um, and that's probably a whole nother topic. But there, but overall, taking an approach to life that's full of gratitude, which I'm going to talk more about next week, and looking for the things to be thankful for in the midst of the stress is going to have a big impact on how you feel in various situations. Um, you can look at a situation and you could take two approaches to a stressful situation. You could be someone who automatically looks for the worst and kind of catastrophizes and imagines the worst case scenario and just approaches life in that way. Or you could be someone who 
just looks at life with rose-colored glasses and looks for the good and looks for the best. Now, probably the approach most people take or a lot of people would find most practical would be to plan for the worst case scenario, but hope for the best. So how do you, how can you just look at your life and ask yourself, how can I hope for the best more? Where can I look at things and see what I'm grateful for and see the beauty and the bounty and the blessing, even when things are a wreck? And practicing that every day regularly is going to be something that helps you with stress overall. And I'll talk more about that um, in an in a episode around Thanksgiving. Um, but some other ways that we can practically reduce stress hormones um, in our bodies, there are a number of things that studies show that will improve our stress hormones, aside from what I just talked about. One is just getting good sleep. Get good quality sleep. Prioritize sleep. And I've talked in a lot of episodes about sleep, but it will definitely drive your stress hormones up if you are not getting enough sleep. Most people, at least seven hours is going to be best. Um, And if you have not looked into whether you have obstructive sleep apnea, it's time to look into that. Talk to your physician about that. If you're someone that, um, if you think that you're, if you're snoring heavily, if you feel like you're gasping, um, there are a lot of symptoms of obstructive sleep apnea that you can look into and see if they are problems that you have. But definitely ask your physician because if you treat obstructive sleep apnea, you're going to see a reduction in these stress hormones. And a lot of people lose weight just from treating their obstructive sleep apnea. Um, other things that can increase um, stress hormones with, with sleep, I mean, just any kind of insomnia, any kind of sleep disruptions, you want to really look at your sleep hygiene, what you're doing in the couple hours before you go to sleep. If you're throwing your circadian clock off by eating late at night, by looking at bright lights on screens late at night, these things are going to make it harder for you to get good rest. So take a look at those. You can go back and listen to my sleep episodes for more in-depth discussion, but focus on getting good sleep. Next, um, there are ways to decrease stress hormones by taking kind of relaxation approaches in a physical way. Um, One of those could be deep breathing. Um, Deep breathing exercises and just taking slow, deep breaths can really help lower stress hormones when done in a regular um, way. Uh, Another um, evidence-based approach to lowering stress hormones is simply spending time in nature. And I've mentioned this before, but there are a number of studies that, that show that just time spent outdoors in nature is correlated with a decrease in cortisol. So um, they, like in Frontiers in Psychology, I've mentioned this article before, but it's so interesting. They measured cortisol levels from salivary samples when people um, had little bouts of outdoor time, just even if they were just sitting, not even moving, just sitting on a bench. Um, When they incorporated these periods of time outdoors, they found that as little as 20 minutes outside improved cortisol levels um, pretty efficiently. So really consider if you can get just a, a couple bouts a day where you're outdoors, even if you're just sitting there, this can benefit you in terms of stress hormone levels. Um, and another thing you could do is consider exercise. Exercise, regular exercise decreases your stress hormones. Um, you know, I've talked before about all the amazing brain modulating benefits and uh, memory beneficial 
um, memory benefiting um, ways that exercise works in our brains. Um, Exercise um, almost acts like um, an anti-anxiety pill. It almost acts like an antidepressant. It, it increases focus. Exercise, when it's done regularly and and in a good way, can really benefit you mentally and also benefit your stress hormones. So having regular exercise will help you get your cortisol down to healthy levels, and that's good. Um, the other thing thing to keep in mind though, if you're doing, if you're kind of somebody who's really into exercise and let's say you're, um, you know, training for a big event like a triathlon or a marathon, you really have to take your rest days seriously. If you, if you skimp out on your rest days, maybe you use a day you're supposed to be resting from your training. You have a rigorous training plan and you're supposed to be resting, but instead you do a ton of work on other things you're not going to get the rest you need and recovery you need and your cortisol levels will not, they, they will actually be going up um, in response to not getting enough rest. So overtraining, overtraining in a heavy way um, can, can cause your cortisol levels to go up. So if you are really into exercise and training for something big, do not skimp on these rest days because you're more likely to get injured. You're more likely to have these physiologic problems as a result from chronically elevated cl- um, cortisol if you're not taking your rest days. Um, <clears throat> another interesting thing that studies have shown can decrease your um, stress hormone levels would be petting your animal, petting your pet. If you have a cat or a dog, just spending time petting your animal, playing with your animal in your pet can really lower stress hormones. This has been shown in several studies. Um, Another question I get, and I've, I've actually gotten this question a few times, is what about fasting and cortisol? Um, there are some studies that show that fasting can increase cortisol levels. Um, is that a problem with fasting? Well, one thing I would say is that there are also studies that show that decreasing your calories can increase your cortisol. So whether you're fasting as a way of decreasing your calorie intake or whether you're decreasing your calorie intake throughout a day, it appears that there's evidence in the literature that your cortisol levels may go up a little bit in response to this. Um, so, you know, what what do we do about that? Well, we really focus on all the other ways that we can bring our cortisol down. Because if we are carrying excess body weight and we need to decrease the amount of energy in, in the form of calories that we're putting into our bodies to achieve a healthier body weight, it, it you know, this is one of the reasons that it's challenging to lose weight physiologically because, you know, your cortisol could go up a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think more studies need to be done about this. You know, there's more questions I have about it, but I don't know that I'm convinced that fasting in particular as a form of calorie reduction is going to be necessarily that much different than overall calorie reduction um, spread out throughout a day. So that's that's something I'd like to see more of in the literature. I haven't seen a lot. If you know of it, please send it to me. Um, but those are some considerations that um, you can have as you look at that and consider, well, if you know that you need to reduce your energy intake, what other things can you do to really optimize your stress reduction, your cortisol um, hormone levels in other ways that I've already mentioned in this episode. So all that being said, those are just some practical ways to approach life um, that can help you lower your stress hormone levels and 
hopefully optimize your ability to um, be at your metabolic best. Um, I hope that's been helpful. Those are just some little tips and information from the literature that you can apply to your situation and hopefully find um, some benefits from that. I hope that you all have a great week and come back again next week for more. Thank you for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. First, please leave a review for me. This is how people find the podcast. Secondly, y'all sharing is caring. You can actually easily share this episode or podcast entirely with a friend. Just text it to them. Lastly, if you're looking for more encouragement and direction from me, go sign up for my free newsletter. It's called The Extra Helping. You can go to www.joyfulweightloss.com. That's joyful spelled with two L's. And then when you're there, click on The Extra Helping to sign up. That's all for now, y'all. Don't forget to be sure you're subscribed and tune in again next week for more.